So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. My next guest, he's on the phone. It's one of the most prolific independent producers in Hollywood, 30 producer credits, six Sundance films, 98 film festival award nominations, and 100 plus hours of original TV programming for WeTV, Oxygen, BET, TV One, and Stars. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the old friend, Datari Turner. How you doing, sir? Uh, thank you for having me, boss. I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Well, you know, I, I, I you know, I, uh, when I started this uh, show, Money Making Conversations, and um, it's about entrepreneurship, it's about uh, entertainment. Um, and I'm out there managing Steve's career, managing my own writing and producing career, and uh, and I've just, I guess, keep seeing the evolution of you um, from a model, from an actor. And I just wanted to take the time before we start getting into the projects to talk about that evolution because I'm sure they were, they, they took you into some uncharted waters. Talk to us about the, yeah. the transition. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I I started my career in the entertainment business. I was discovered by the Ford Milan Agency when I was 19. And, you know, my career quickly took off. I moved to New York and, mm-hmm. you know, was in a lot of really major campaigns mm-hmm. from Abercrombie & Fitch to Tommy Hilfiger. When Diddy started Sean John, he, he made me the face of, Mm-hmm. of the of the line for a few years and you know I, I i obviously you know thought about you know i thought about my life a lot my parents always talked about legacy um right. you know both my parents were married 40 years and um you know they always talked about legacy and and um you know being that they always were skeptical about me getting into the entertainment business. My dad works for the government. My mother is on the school board. <laughs> right, right. That, was, that's nothing but career. Always, that's career employment, right there, brother. Career employment. It, it, exactly. So I, you know, I was doing really, really well in the fashion business, but I was always thinking about what my life was going to look like when I was thirty mm-hmm. and forty, and you know, I always thought about down the road, and you know, I didn't want to be the guy who you know, was still trying to model or go to auditions when I was 30 and 40 years old. So mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I was doing really well, it was, you were. A, now you it were was now. an interesting point. Yeah, you know, I was doing okay, but it was an interesting point in my life. I felt very, uh, I was I was depressed. And I was, uh, you know, I had times when I was depressed because I was just like, you know, this can't be it. I, I know 
that that you know I want to do more, and that's when I really started thinking about making that transition into writing and producing. And you know, I went when you know I was would stay in the house for days at a time and just watch move you know watch older movies. I watched like everything Hitchcock made, and you know Stanley Kubrick and Ewa Kazan and. You know, John Cassavetes, I just started really getting into watching films. And that's when I, um, you know, I started writing. I decided, you know, I wanted to be a writer-producer, and I started working on my first screenplay, which was Video Girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, here's the so interesting thing about it. I want to tell people about our relationship. Because when he was modeling, modeling, he was transitioning into acting. And that's when we met on, yep. on sitcom. And the thing about him that, that I'm so proud of, and I have to say, I take this with pride because he was never satisfied with just doing the lines. He wanted to understand the whole process. And so he used to sit in my office. He sit in my office yeah. and just pretty much bug me to give him enough information <laughs> to, so he can understand. And, and it was always that. But, 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 but that was a fearless nature about you that even back then, you know, I knew then that you were not. I, I Believe me, I'm not a visionary. I didn't know. The, the evolution of what you are today, one of the top producers uh, and creative minds in Hollywood today. Young minds. Let's go and put that in perspective. Young minds in Hollywood today. <laughs> when you when you were sitting back there just asking me questions and other producers questions, what was the what was the thought process? Because we were just bringing you in there trying to help you transition, give you an acting opportunity because you want to be more than just a model at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like I, I'm I'm a big student of the business, you know, I researched a lot of people's careers mm-hmm. and you know, and and obviously, you know, uh what you and Steve have been able to do is has <laughs> been amazing. I mm-hmm. mean that's that's it's really, really big, you know, uh uh, you know, entrepreneurial minds yes, sir. and you know, opportunities you've yes, given sir. to so many people you know, that look like us. I mean, it's it's just, you know, incredible. Um, I, I think for me, I just wanted, I always, like I said, I always thought about just having longevity. And I yes, think sir. when you, when you're able to create your own projects, you know, I think the town has to respect you better, you right. know, like you, you're not just somebody waiting by the phone for somebody to give you a job. So, you know, when I, even when I looked at the people like the George Clooney's and the Brad Pitt's and Thank even you. the way, you know, Brad Pitt and, and, you know, I mean, even the way Matt Damon and, and Ben Affleck got in the business by sort of writing themselves in the business because they wrote Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. um, the film that they want to Oscar for. I just think that the town, you know, and people like John Favreau, who wrote Swingers, and he, you know, he was acting and stuff now. He's one of the biggest directors in our business. I just think that you have to be, you you have to do more things than than just one. And, you know, when you can, you know, create your own projects, uh, again, I just think that that's just a, a different level of respect in our business that comes with that uh, versus just being looked at as solely just talent. Just talent. Here's a great thing about it. I'm on the phone. He's on the phone. He's the creator and executive producer of the hit WeTV franchise, Growing Up Hip Hop which is currently in its fourth season and spinning off a Miami version to add to the New York and Atlanta series, uh, Datari Turner. Hey, Datari, uh, let's talk about uh, that whole process. First, the original concept, the original show, Growing Up Hip Hop, and now the, the franchise that we hear, we see on TV, uh, 
the housewives type franchises. That is uh, what makes me most proud about what you're accomplishing. You know, you're making money while you're sleeping now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but for me, I, I always, you know, my, my mission statement in life, I just, I feel like everything that I do, it has to have a real message of why I'm doing it. Like, right. I, I never wanted to do something uh, just just for money, you know, because images are really powerful, you know, kind, you know, uh, I mean, they, they say that what we do in Hollywood is not brain surgery, but, you know, if you really think about it, you know, this is the reason why America is still a superpower really is because of our entertainment business. We're not top 10 in education, you know, uh, <laughs> China, I mean, old half of us will be weird, dead like crazy. And then we now have other militaries that rival ours. So the reason why we're really a superpower is because of our entertainment industry. When we release a movie, it's the number one movie in the world. You know, our movie stars are the biggest movie stars in the world, or even our reality stars are. But I, growing up, hip-hop really was, you know, seeds planted a long time ago. You know, I remember when I created my first TV show, The Ultimate Hustler, with Damon Dash at BET. You know, Damon said something to me, that always stuck with me. You know, him and Jay-Z were sort of going through their breakup at the right, time. I remember. But, you know, they both said when they when they started Rockefeller Records, you know, they named their company after this legacy, you know, white family because they didn't know uh, of a lot of black families that had black families that had generational wealth and had legacies like the Rockefellers. So that always stuck with me. Um, because at that time, you know, Diddy was coming up with them, and uh, even Russell Simmons hadn't had kids or been married to Kimora mm -hmm. yet. So mm -hmm. they they named their company after this rich white family, and I was just like, that's you know, I thinking about that and how my parents always talked about legacy. Now through hip hop, you have these wealthy families that have second <laughs> generation, you know, right. second generation as well. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just you know when. You know, I was uh, I hired, you know, Angela's sister Vanessa Simmons for a movie I produced called Dysfunctional Friends, and Love it. Um, how that came about. Uh, you know, then the Chevy company reached out to me. They wanted me to create sort of like a uh, a web series for their site because a lot of these brands now are trying to really get into content, oh, and so the content. they, they mm -hmm. it, it, exactly. So they so I came up with a with a web series called Celebrity Closet Raid, and I reached back out to Vanessa to have her do it because, you know, they have these, you know, closets that have, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clothes, and she couldn't do it at the time because she was pregnant, but she said, you should do my sister Angela because she has, you know, quarter million dollars in shoes in her, in her wow. closet. So I hired Angela to do this show, and then we, you know, we became you know, good friends, and, um, you know, she was looking to get back into reality TV, and mm -hmm. so we both, you know, set out to uh, try to get her a show, and then we were unsuccessful in that, and then that's when I came up with the idea to, you know, I was like, well, how about we do it with all of the, the legacy kids? Let's go get <laughs> Romeo. Smart. Let's go get Romeo and Master P. I had just produced a movie called A Girl Like Grace that Romeo was in, and, uh, you know, I went back to Damon Dash, who I had, who I did my first show, mm -hmm. and now his son was grown, Boogie. And mm -hmm. uh, it really was just me calling all the people. Calling relationships. Relationships. Exactly. 
That's what drives us. Well. Cool. Let's uh let's uh let's get ready for the next break here. Uh, my friend, uh I'm on the phone with uh I wanna call him my friend. I wanna call him uh, somebody that I met and saw him just become a force in Hollywood, the Tari Turner. We'll be back with more because we wanna hear about a boy, a girl, a dream, and that showtime series that you're doing the NBA draft with LeBron James. I'm back. Money making conversation. Not only am I back, but he's still on the phone. My next guest, uh, as you heard earlier, is the most prolific independent producer in Hollywood. 30 producer credits, six Sundance films, 98 film festival award nominations, and 100 plus hours of original TV programming for We TV, Oxygen, BET, TV One, and Stars. And we just talked about one of his uh, projects is expanding, becoming a franchise. Um, he's the creator and the executive producer of the hit We TV franchise, Growing Up Hip Hop, which is currently in its fourth season and is spinning off a Miami version to add to the New York and Atlanta series. Spin it off. Yeah. Spin it yeah, off. We, okay, you know, when I hear that, man, that, that all I hear is cha-ching when I hear that, Mr. Turner. I'm going to say Mr. <laughs> Turner now. When you say spin it off, I got to say Mr. Turner. I can't call you by your first name no more, Mr. Turner, because you're becoming a mogul now. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm following in footsteps that people like yourself, Steve, and, 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 you know, Magic, and a lot of brilliant minds that have – come before me i'm just you know just trying to uh to uh make it happen thank you, you know? now let, let, let's, that's about integrity in your series now because you know as you when you have one you can control it and you can you can build it and you have two now you're in several different locations taping season the the cast people have expectations people have personal goals you might you might be producing series but other people come on these series they have agendas so how do you manage yeah. all that in, with this new show, and then as as you were starting to branch out, how do you manage all this talent, their expectations, their their managers, their PR people? They trying to market stuff. They they see this as a a giant info commercial. How do you manage all this? Well, I, I that's a great question, Rashawn. I I I think you know playing sports my entire life. I I think that it 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 really has helped me. And being a producer, um, because I, you know, one one of the things you know, you growing up playing sports, you uh, you have to you have to play with a lot of kids, and you guys mm-hmm. even if you come from different backgrounds, or even if you don't, these aren't kids you would necessarily hang out right. with outside <laughs> of sports. Mm-hmm. You all have the same goal, and that is to win a championship. So you know, you gotta you you guys gotta work together to 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 meet that to uh, accomplish that goal. I think being a producer is, is mm-hmm. similar. You think about like think about coaches in the NBA. Everybody every coach in the NBA can draw a place the same. That's why they're in the NBA. I think the coaches that are able to separate themselves like the Phil Jacksons or the Popoviches, they 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 know how to manage egos better than other coaches. Mm-hmm. That's why they are where they are. And I I, I think for me being a you know, being a producer and Trying to keep this franchise going. Number one, I can't do it, you know, by myself. You know, I work with a lot of talented people behind the scenes that that aid me in that. But as a person that you know has the relationships with the talent, and you know, a, a big, you know, just really believe in nurturing these relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the talent. Obviously, you come up with things that they're they're challenges and right. you know you, you're dealing with kids personalities that, personalities you know, yeah of course of, mm-hmm. of course but i i think that you know what what everybody what, what 
you know, we all realize in the end, and I always stress this too, is that, listen, you know, this is this is a positive show. You know, this is about this is about black legacy. This is about black excellence. This is sort of like the Avengers of hip hop families. You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. a lot of times people say that, you know, black people like we don't we don't come together mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. like some of the other races. So you know, these are things that I think Romeo, I think him and him and Master P, I think they they understand that. Um, you know, I, I I think the Simmons family, I think they understand that. And, you know, it's really been a great. It's really been a great experience working with everybody. Like I said, it, it's it's always going to be challenges, but for the most part, we we all know that you know we plan our part in, in, in something special. Let's talk about your, your, this upcoming film, A Boy, A Girl, A Dream, A Ninety Minute One Take Love Story, starring Mr. Power himself, Omari Hardrick. <laughs> Come on now, Megan Good, yeah. Jay Ellis, Kenya Burris. Come on, tell us about that. As you said, it was recently acquired by Samuel or Golden Golden Films. Tell us about that project yep. and uh, and when when will it be released? Well, so so you know uh, we premiered at Sundance this year. So let me, just to take it back, you yes, know sir. how the film all came about. Uh, so uh, this talented writer director Cosmo Azor, I met at a dinner that Ava DuVernay. Through at Sundance in 2012. Mm-hmm. He's just and, throwing uh, out names. Now. You know, we just throwing out names. Don't, don't, yeah. don't you don't you throw out that name like you know, like she regular, like she regular. Continue, continue, Tatar. I'm gonna step on you a couple That's... of times. <laughs> <laughs> no, shout out to Ava. Obviously, doing tremendous things yes, in the sir. business and yes, a real, real Hollywood force. But um, yeah, so me and Costum, we stayed in contact over the years and. Um, he, you know, to always talked about working together. He called me with an idea. He wanted to do a love story initially before, you know, we, had, you know, sort of developed it out. And obviously, um, you know, love is a thing that, that binds us all together. You know, that we, we all deal with love every single day, whether we are fighting for love, whether we falling in love, falling out of love, mm-hmm. you know, want to be validated by love. It's really all about love. And so, um, he said he wanted to shoot it in one take, and for me, you know, as a guy who's made a lot of films, <laughs> you know, I, I always, I'm always open to challenges. I want to do different things creatively. I saw a film, you know, Alfred Hitchcock did in the '40s called Rope, which he shot in one take, and mm-hmm. also this uh, this uh, uh, Italian movie called Victoria, which was shot in one take. So mm-hmm. that was those were two of the things that really drew me to the project. And then the election happened, and, you know, it really touched a lot of people really, really deeply. Um, you know, I was I was at my parents' house when, when that happened, and uh, he, you know, the director called me that night, and he was really affected by it. And, you know, then that, it, that became the basis of where we wanted to base this night of, like, these two people meeting each other mm-hmm. and, and you know, changing each other's lives for for the good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, the film is a is a faith-based film, not in the traditional sense, but it's about faith, hope, and dreams. And sometimes people, you know, we, we, we come out to L.A., we come out to New York with these dreams, and we get beat up a little bit. They don't happen. Our dreams don't happen as quick as they should. And, you know, some people give up, you know, or they get married or meet, you know, start having kids. And then five years later, 
you know, you're on a hamster wheel and you kind of like <laughs> let your dreams <laughs> fall by the wayside. Well, you I, know? I love so the fact the that you, you said it's faith-based because you know that's, a, that's, a, that's that hidden gem that Hollywood keeps trying to lock in. And uh, and has an audience yeah. out there, and has a a growing audience that wants this type of film, and not only in the African American market, but also in the general market as well. So again, uh, the visionary that you are, sitting up sitting up shop, you know, focusing on a movie that will a feel good movie, and I, that's what I like about your brand yeah. is that your brand is about feeling good, is not exploitive, and I, and I really like that. Let's let's close it out with this uh this last new series you're doing with. Uh, with LeBron James. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, this is like a long time coming. You know, his LeBron's agent, Rich Paul, is a long time friend of mine. We, we, we've known each other for a long time. And, you know, we, we always talked about film and TV projects before mm-hmm. even LeBron, you know, came to Hollywood and set up shop and started producing things. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, NBA drafts is, you know, it's a multi-part series at Showtime. Um, that we're doing that's just sort of like exploring the impact of the NBA and what what it's had on what the NBA the, the effect that it's had on popular culture and mm-hmm. hip hop and how all of these things you know um, have you know impacted because like taking and it's about drafts so like the '96 draft to me I feel like is the most influential draft for a lot of reasons. There's been some good ones, obviously, 84 with Jordan mm-hmm. and Barkley and, mm-hmm. and Elijah Wan, but mm-hmm. I think the 96 draft will ultimately have the most Hall of Famers because you got Allen Iverson, you got Kobe Bryant, you got Steve Nash, you got Ray Allen, you got uh, Ben Wallace. Uh, you know, all those guys are going to the Hall of Fame, but I think even the impact of how sports changed, the NBA changed with that draft, you know, it big. You know, tattoos, tattoos came in braids. with that draft. Mm-hmm. Braids, you know, ice and jewelry. And, the baggy and, pants. You know, the, mm-hmm. Exactly. And hip-hop really, like, you know, became a staple, you know, at the NBA game, sitting courtside, you know, starting with that, that year, 96. You know, Tupac died that year. Jay-Z released his, his uh, debut album, who's now a sports agent and is, you know, at times, you know, actually owned a piece of the the the, the uh, Nets at one point. So, mm. you know, it's just talking about exploring the impact of popular culture great, and the man. NBA and 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 you know everything. Like like I said, everything I that it. I do, I just wanted to have a meaning behind it and want it to be something that's positive and allows people to think about things. I'm gonna so, tell you something. You know, uh, again, um, the things that you've accomplished in your life and will be accomplishing. You're saying all the right people, Rich Paul, one of the top agents in that LeBron camp, Ava DuVernay, you know, Amari Hodrick, Megan God, Kenya Barris, all these great names, uh, uh, franchises on WeTV. You're doing it, my friend. I, 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 I'm glad I got to see you in the beginning because to see your journey has been awesome. You need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So, go to buyraycon.com iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless Wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com/iheart.